Podcast Network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hi, welcome to Under the Dome Season 3, Episode 4 Recap. I am your host, Jackie Borowski, and here with me is Amanda Fields-Bennett. Hi, everybody. We're happy to be Under the Dome with you. I'm sorry we're uh, a little late on this episode. I had a family emergency and I could not tape last Thursday, but um, we hope you enjoy this recap. This is for Kinship. Um I decided to rename this episode Awkward Encounters because that's what I felt like the real theme of the episode oh, was. Because kinship implies that you're kind of like getting together and you're meant to be together and you're learning things about each other. This did not feel like kinship. It really felt like Awkward Encounters. Kinship, well, the word kin means family. Right. So <laughs> it's kind of like... We're we're not really a family here under the dome. We're still like just in the same town. We're citizens of a town. And maybe according to Christine Price, now you're family because you were all coming out of the cocoons together. But that's her idea of a family and her idea of a hive perhaps, but they're not Yeah. It, but we, so many characters got killed off too. So this isn't even like this isn't even like a show like Lost where you feel like, okay, there's a core central amount of characters that have been here since the beginning. On Lost, it seemed like a bigger core of characters and they brought in others. And yeah, I know people die here and there along the way, but Under the Dome seems to really love killing off characters that you were like, oh, well, I thought this was part of our ensemble cast. Now, Jackie, I don't know if you have read many other Stephen King novels because I uh, never have, <laughs> because, but now I want to from this show, but I haven't in the past just because I'm just kind of a scaredy cat like that because my imagination will run away with itself. And if I watch a show, it's like self-contained in a little neat episode and I can handle the craziness, but well, this show is a lot more um, humorous than I think a book would be. But in his other novels, do you feel like a lot of the characters die? Um, I think it depends on the type of novel because there are the Stephen, I actually... I haven't read something like Pet Cemetery where it's just total like um I haven't read the book but from what I understand that's more like a total horror genre book whereas I tend to like the more sci-fi Stephen King books or I mean as far as like The Green Mile which was a series of um they put it into a book but it was published as a series so I tend to like things, not not that the Green Mile is entirely sci-fi, but uh, like the Langoliers, um, that was sci-fi. Um, I tend to like things with more of a sci-fi bent, so I have, I've read this 
book, and a lot of people did die in the book, but the whole premise of this book is, like, different, so it's hard to say. So, we're lucky that you're here, that you've read the book. I have not read the book, so we're representing both sides of the viewers out there. Yes. Um, so, it's interesting, actually, how they opened this episode, kind of going back to what's been going on the past couple of, uh, days under the I, dome. Yeah, I do like, I mean, I like that Big Jim's doing the recap now. Yeah. And we're starting to trust Big Jim a little bit, which is kind of strange for all of us, I think. Well, especially for me. I, I, I never thought I would be, like, on Big Jim's team. But um, he's saying, we're dealing with personal demons. Rage, grief, fear. The enemy within is the greatest adversary. And so that is what is happening with, I think, a lot of the main characters. Except for Big Jim and Julia. They have clear heads, but a lot of the people that experienced the alternate reality... Well, Big Jim has a clear head now, but in the past, we've seen him, like, murder people, so I'm not entirely sure, but, like, in this episode, I would say, like, this is... Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, no, you're exactly right. So Big Jim has had his own personal demons that he has not dealt with in a healthy way at all. But I feel like in this episode, we're pointing Big Jim in a, dire- in a positive direction that we haven't seen for Big Jim before. So maybe he is learning something. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, where's the dog? We made this big deal about Big Jim being friends with this dog. And he took the dog to Bird Island with him. He took the him. dog to Bird Island, and the dog is nowhere to be found. And now, th- But there's not even a mention of him like being gone He's just not there at all. And the dog doesn't even protect him when he's in this, like, weird science-y situation, which we'll talk about later, but first... Weird I... science-y. Yes. Yes. Weird science. That is okay. literally what I wrote when I um, I wrote, what is happening with Big Jim, dash, weird science. So um, he, he starts out, you know, looking at this camera that he finds that Christine had, like, yes. digging out of the ground. Is it supposed to be a GoPro? It looks like a GoPro. I don't know, actually. Well, I don't know. <laughs> don't know, GoPro. <laughs> don't um, know, GoPro. But anyway, he's looking at the little tiny camera, and he sees, like, the outline of someone's hand, but it's just, like, the little dots grabbing the egg as it's kind of, you know, illuminated with the pink stars. And he's like, what is that? Like, well, he's the first person to see Christine as she truly is, because we know in the end of the episode, we get kind of a reflection of who she really is. So he's the first person that has this information. And as we know, he has hidden this information in the, um, what do they call it? The electrical box? This, this like, switch box? Yes. Yes. The, uh, oh, no. Now I can't think of it, but we'll get the switchboard. Yeah, the switchboard. Yes. Um, so he's he's hidden it in there. Um you, you know what's interesting is this whole episode, it's funny because Big Jim, to me as a character, until this season has really epitomized, like, awkward encounters. Like, everybody Big Jim encounters, he was kind of, like, manipulative or weird or murdering. And he wanted to be in charge of everyone and everything. Yeah, and this episode, Big Jim really felt like, um, he felt like more of the stable character, but he also, his storyline was more of that Stephen King storyline, which, um, to me, 
I was a little disappointed because I wish that was the main focus of the episode. I really like that uh, sci-fi element. It's why I started watching Under the Dome. So mm-hmm. when we have this kind of like weird, what what is going on in this house with with Big Jim? Like who are these guys are from that um, action action. Action group, I keep writing. Which of action. course, well, no, because I thought of that too. I think they named it Action because it's, it's supposed it's, to remind us of a- some kind of action. Yes. They're taking action, but they don't even really explain where they take Big Jim. Is it even still on the same island? But then I guess we find out later he still is on the island because another character finds him there. Right, we'll find that. Um, um, ooh, so Big Jim's Big Jim's storyline to me right now is the most interesting because it's the most like sci-fi plotline. He's trying to f- he's still trying to figure out what's going on with the dome where everybody else is kind of in it almost feels like they're still in that like weird matrix plotline. We start with uh we have the Joe Nori Hunter love triangle which just keeps getting more and more awkward. Bizarre. Bizarre. Like they make out on the beach, Joe comes up and is like, "Whoa." And um and Joe's like, "It's over for reals this time." Right? But I, I don't know. Nori hasn't communicated to Joe that she's interested in Hunter. And then she's like, well, what we did was really shitty. And I'm like, what you did was really shitty because you were supposed to be dating him and you didn't explain to him what was going on. But this is what I think is happening to all the people that came out of the chrysalis world, mm-hmm. alternate reality. I think they're still a little brainwashed. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and for so sure. And so anything that's happening to them, and Nori's just like, uh. Eh, I killed a pig. No big deal. Yeah. And like, then, I'm just with Hunter. It's fine. <laughs> He's swimming in the lake. We're going to be cool. It's like, she isn't really herself at all. And there's so. that whole awkward encounter where they're making, I don't know, like, helping people somehow. I, I, it felt like they're they were, organizing supplies for the town. Yeah. They're organizing supplies for the town. I was like, I was thinking, making care packages. What are they doing? Um, and then Hunter's like, let's go have sex in the closet. I was like, whoa, wait, what? No, Calm stop. yourself, Hunter. And like, the Nori, and Joe has a good point, where it's like, the Nori we know from last season, even if she does think Hunter is attractive, would be like, hey, nobody, like, we're not having sex in the closet. But she does eventually say, okay, this is wrong, and even though you have, like, candles and chocolate, this is not going to do it for yeah. me. A whole bar of chocolate wrapped in gold. Also, From uh, Andrea's house. Yeah. Andrea also... Andrea's house seems to be the convenient source of all the random food. Yeah, but here's the thing. is like, Andrea was supposed to have stockpiled, like, food for the town, and now we're dealing with that food shortage situation again. <sighs> But I think, I think and that that's everybody's going to eat manure. I think that's because of Christine. I don't think that's because they really have a food shortage like they think. Mm-hmm. I think Christine is like, you have to go out and find more. You have to go because out and eat cow poop. Um, wait, I thought that was uh, cow feed. Cattle oh, it feed. was cow feed. Just kidding. I don't think it was manure. It was just like was the, cow thing, feed. the stuff that you manure. feed cows with. Yeah. Okay. Which is still like not, not anything anyone anything would want to eat that really. Humans should be eating. And but I, Christine set this up because she wanted Barbie to spend more time with Ava. That's true. That so, was the whole point of them going and looking for food and so I don't know if it was that they were forgetting that Andrea had all that stockpile. I don't think that was really it. I think they just wanted 
Well, she they wanted infer to manipulate that Andrea's that. running out. They infer that the Andrea stockpile is running out, which I don't know how that happened. They've and only what been there a, Did they weeks. ever properly take care of Andrea? We're not going to find that out for a while, or maybe never. She's probably still rotting on the porch, and people are still going to get food from her house. And they're like, eh, we'll get to you later. Um, so in the end of the episode, we have this uh, confrontation where Joe confronts Nori, and uh, Nori basically goes back to choosing Joe. And I'm like, what the what happened? Not only did she choose Joe, but she's, like, slamming him up against the closet door. and Making sure he has a condom, which is good. He's like, yeah, he I have a lot. I, I have know. a lot of them. And she's like, that's a little ambitious. Don't. Jeez. Don't put the cart before the horse, buddy. Well, there's a stockpile of that with the food, at least. It's like, I don't, I don't know what But that happening. would be a problem under know. the dome if they ran out of that. Because yes. then there would be a lot of dope. There babies. would, because there's a lot of uh, sexy times happening in this episode. A lot of creepy times. Creepy sexy times. Set up by Christine. Christine is like a... Um, uh, She's like a succubus. How, how, how should I put this where it doesn't sound completely She's ho- like horrible? She's like a succubus or She's like a, a, a praying mantis. I don't even want to or... say cougar because cougar can infer something kind of cute. Mm-hmm. It's almost like she's a predator. Yes, she's she like is a, a predator. sexual predator for teenage How, boys. Oh, oh, Joe is probably like what seventeen or eighteen years old, and she's all like caressing his face. I'm Not like, only listen, is she lady, this touching, is beyond. She's touching his face and then his mouth. So gross. It's, it's so, so oh, gross. Like it's like bile in your mouth when you see that happen. I'm sorry, and it's not. There's nothing wrong with the actress that plays Christine. She's fabulous. It's just that it's so creepy to see that. I don't understand what this direction is. Like, maybe I can, like, one-eighth understand the situation that's happening between her and Junior, but I absolutely do not understand why she's trying to be, like, sexy times while counseling Joe. I'm like, the host, Joe the host is just too young for this. Counseling my butt, okay? <laughs> it's not counseling. It's manipulation. She just wants to manipulate everyone to do what she wants to do. So it's counseling to do her bidding. I do like, though, that Julia points out, like, uh, you just come here and now you have this office. Whose office is that? And Big she Jim's stole- old office. Oh. And she stole Julia's recorder and now she's trying to have everybody, like, camp out. Uh, or, or was it really Julia's recorder or was that her cover story? Oh, I thought I lost story. my recorder. Yeah. So... <laughs> Let me just Julia's steal smart, this one. so it could be her cover story. But I, I, um, I just love that Julia doesn't. And I just have to say this: she doesn't take any shit from Christine. No, no. I had to say it like that because that's how it is. Well, Julia's our hero, so we can't have her take shit from the lady who's like seducing half the children in the town. Stop that! And you know what? Even though, even though uh, Junior looks like he's you know thirty one years old, um, he's supposed to be eight. 18 or 19. Recently graduated from high school. So he's like 19, 20. Yeah, so he's supposed to be not that much older than Joe. Joe. Even though we know he looks older, so it's still super creepy. So this is another... To add on to the creepy, um, Junior has, you know, of course, issues that he has to work through with grief with losing his mother. So he doesn't have his mother. I mean, that happened a long time ago, but then she comes back. And I don't know, it's just very weird thing with him and his mother and he misses her and so he's gonna he's gonna trust someone who's like a motherly figure 
more readily than the other people, I think. He's I like, feel like Junior is, uh, he lacks direction in some sense, whereas um, Joe is more like, I've got this geeky, techie plan that I'm going to put forth. Uh, Junior, in the previous season, it was like Junior was doing things to please his dad, and then Junior was doing things to please his mom. And, and now he's doing things to please Christine. And now he's doing things to and please Christine. And he thinks he's set free. Right. But he's could not be farther from I the know. truth. He's just uh, set free from listening to a different person. Now he's listening to Christy. He's gone from being a police officer to now being a um, professional construction worker. Who knocks down load-bearing poles he's, with a he hammer. Ha- in his mind, he's a professional construction <laughs> worker, which makes him a professional construction worker. From the Matrix world. If I have a really long dream that says that I can build houses, it means that I can do so, according to Christine's logic. Wow, yes. Um, oh, wait, okay, so speaking of Junior and Christine, Big Jim sees their little meetup, and she's like, oh, by the way, I just went jogging, and I need to borrow a shirt. That was so creepy. And it was like... So creepy. And then it was like, wait, you already you already have a shirt on. You have a shirt like, on, the- and it looks warm outside. Why do you need an extra shirt? Just so she could talk to Junior. It's, you know. Uh, but Big Jim is looking at that through his binoculars right. that he randomly finds. I don't know how he just has these binoculars. They're hidden on Bird Island with yeah, everything Yeah, they're else. just there um, in some kind of chest that was buried. Um so he's he's seeing this go down, and he uh, he's like trying to figure out what's going on with her because now he he's seen that little video mm-hmm. of her getting the egg and what she really is, and now he's worried like oh she's with my son, like what is this? Are they in cahoots? And then the wool gets pulled over his eyes literally. These people from Acteon that we find out they're from Acteon later, right? They put this black bag over Big Jim's head and drag him away and beat beat him and like just basically knock him out. And they set him up in that house that I believe they've used before in Bird Island only now it has this like weird observation area where they're injecting him with things to see if he was infected by the egg. It really does make me feel like um, this this is going to turn out to be some sort of social experiment. Um, and maybe Big Jim, because he's so bullheaded, is immune to it, um, which would be excellent. Wow! Yeah, it's yeah. My big thought because, for today. Like that is a big thought, and we we could uh, discuss that more in predictions. But I really I want to get back to that because I think that's really interesting. Um, the stubbornness and the fact that he, like both him and Julia, are stubborn. That is the one quality that because we know Julia has been. Julia has been the hero, and Big Jim's been kind of the nemesis, but now we have them at the end of the episode working together. I do think that their commonality, which is their stubbornness and their persistence, and they're both leaders in their own way. And they both have their own types of intelligence, whether you agree with either one or not. Right, right. Um, And then they, uh, they cut back to the motel, and so Ava is, like, frantically looking for that camera. Mm-hmm. And she's, like, really uh, feeling like she ruined everything. Um, and, of course, Big Jim has it. And so she goes to Christine to try and be like, so, okay, I made a big mistake. I lost the camera. And Christine is really upset. Like, mm-hmm. this was... The- <laughs> 
this is like the oh, going to unhinge her whole plan is because the camera is gone. And so, Christine, maybe maybe hitting on on teenagers is going to unhinge your whole plan, but you know, I mean, let's put that aside. Let's, yeah, I don't know what is her plan anyway. Um, I don't know. Like, it made me feel like she's like a praying mantis. Like, her plan is to like mate with somebody and then rip their head off and then gain power source from them. Yes, that is what I got from. So the end she of this can episode. make weird alien dome babies. Yes. Okay. Because um, she's like the queen bee of a hive. She wants to be, but I, everything is not happening how she wants it to go. So she's just, she's just in a tizzy. And she's in this office, and she feels like she kind of has some power because she's standing behind a desk. Well, and because she, I, we don't know if she orchestrated it or not, but she was somehow involved in the moon that made everybody gather on the lawn, that made everybody feel feels. Um, and that's making everybody camp there and then camp too close to each other and burn each other down. Listen, I don't understand. By the way, what was going on? Why was there all of a sudden a massive fire in the middle of the campground? I guess people were trying to, like, burn things to make, like, fire pits to make food. But I all don't understand. All pig being cooked. Yeah, because I don't understand why they must, it, it must be some sort of mental thing because... There's absolutely no decent good reason, even if the dome contracted, for them to be camping out on the lawn. Because we don't have the entire population of the town here. Not so only that. So many people are gone or have been murdered that they can live elsewhere and you can still commune and be a community and meet in community places without camping out in tents next to each other. Yeah, Let it's me like tell you, you could be in a house. Why yeah. are you in a tent? You could go down to the motel. You could just steal somebody's house. Not that I'm advocating that, but this is a time of crisis. It's not the the rules of normal society have gotten stripped. Right. We have we have a small number of people. Not I mean entirely small, but we have a finite number of people stuck in this town, and there's empty houses and motel rooms everywhere. You could basically go there, and then if you wanted to have a meeting, you know, have a town meeting. You can have. You can have community without literally being on top of each other. But if I was all... in a crisis, I would not want to be near most of those people. I would be like, go into the cabin. Peace out. But would you be like that if you had come out of that crazy cocoon? That is a good point. That That's is the thing. Point. Like, now they're like, oh, we need to listen to this woman in their state of mind. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's happening. It's, yeah. not, it's not that they can't go to the house. It's not that they can't eat Andrea's food. It's just that they feel that they need to do what she says. It's I, I almost, this goes back to my idea of um, of it being a social experiment. It almost seems like she wants them all there, and now she's building uh, dorms in the town hall so she can observe them, and she's using her influence. But if you're doing a social experiment, why would you want to influence the people so much in that social experiment? You can only control their environment so much. I don't know if it's an experiment as much as a takeover. Yeah, um, but but just back to the speaking of the motel. Mm-hmm. Um, so then we were talking about the other love triangle. We have Dale, Barbara, Ava, and Julia. Julia. And at first, Bar- Barbie comes back in to see Julia, and it seems like oh maybe they're like a little bit more back to normal because he he comes in the door and they hug and she's like oh honey how was your day like and then it devolves into him almost punching her oh (laughs) he punches in the door and um she's like you need to get out of here i i really do think because this is to me this is like 
such the antithesis of a Barbie move that I do think that it's some sort of like part of that moon, mind control mind control yeah. business because it seems so anti his character and it's almost to a level of if if that's not what's happening then I'm mad at the writers because you don't want to set up a situation where you almost have this domestic abuse and then have them get back no, together I, not okay with I that. feel like they're just they're demonstrating through all the different characters that this happened to I think it's all coming across that they're different people right and um so we have uh, him, uh, Barbie, and a- Barbie and Ava are sent to look for food by Christine. Uh, Ava finds that corn in the field oh. that was demolished by Rebecca, the science teacher. Which didn't she put like pesticides over everything? Hello. So Hello. I was like, don't we want to not eat this corn because not, we killed it? Not only that, she puts the little corn seeds like in her hand, and then Barbie's like, oh, let me just hold your hand, and it just falls out of her hand. That it's like, was like one of the top awkward encounters in Awkward Encounters, because it was not very smooth at all. And no, I'm like, but, but Barbie, I'm like, what are you going to do than that? with these seeds? Are you just going to like... I I thought it was very symbolic of, like, he really doesn't care about feeding the town now. He just cares about Ava. Or he thinks he cares about Ava. Yeah. And who is Ava? We centered so much on Christine and who is Christine and all these little signs that she's, like, something else. But, like, I think Ava is not to be ignored with this whole plot. She's She's, got to be part of acting on, too, because it's why why would we have these two new characters working together if they're Mm -hmm. not part of the same thing? And Julia's like, hey, Barbie, this this woman, Christine Price, I like saying her whole name, um, she said, she admitted it to me that this was her college ID. (laughs) Okay, also, doesn't, I thought everyone went last season. We all went to, what's that town again? Zenith? Yeah, Zenith. She said she was part of, like, the Zenith Community College or whatever it is. It's like, that's literally the next town over. Even if I've never went to, like, UCLA or USC, they're close enough that I know what the symbols are. And not, like, those you are know community what the colleges. Colors, the school but, colors are and, like, what even, it should look like. even the smaller colleges in town and the, like, I, I would know the difference between some, like, company badge and a college ID. Even if it wasn't, like, I I guess because it's a community college, they were saying, oh, maybe it's smaller and people don't know the difference. I'm sorry. This town is so friggin' small. They would know. And Julia's, like, sketching out the little, like, drawing on her bed. Julia, it is acting on. You don't have to redraw You don't have to, like... Pencil it out with your pencils, like. But she, she's like, she I don't know what bored else to and do. feeling creatively inspired. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I can't. I don't know what to do right now. Pulling my hair out, my beautiful red, flowing, curly hair. Um, I just don't know how. Before they didn't look at this badge and say, "This badge does not look like a student ID badge." And it's like perfectly burned down the middle, so yeah. you can't read it. But anyway, of course, the the theme is that that Julia keeps uncovering more things and she keeps talking to more people that she thinks that she knows. Mm -hmm. And she keeps seeing that everyone is radically different. And Christine is not who she says she is. And she is not telling everyone everything. And she's a big fat liar. And, um, and of course, Dale, Barbara is like, wait, what? Like, she saved your life by killing Melanie. By, like, strangling her neck or whatever. But, I mean, Julia has a good no, point. No, wait, it's was like, that Melanie's... Tr- I'm sorry, how did how did Melanie die? 
Melanie, uh, Christine killed Melanie because Melanie was trying to kill um, Julia. Okay. Okay. Um, But Christine, Julia pointed out, Christine showed up at the opportune time. It's interesting because both Julia and Big Jim seem to be immune to this. And Joe, we know, was resisting this kind of influence to a level. But now Joe's building solar panels because he got the idea from Christine. So I'm kind of worried as to the level of, like, will Joe be influenced or not? Because he seems to be aware of it where he's like, Nori, you're acting like Nori now. Versus, but he might have something that he acts on that he thinks is his own idea, and it's not right. And it just creeps in at the at the wrong time or the right, right time, depending on how you look at it. Um, Joe, I'm worried about you. Yeah, but ultimately, um, we learn that the longer that everyone's out of the cocoons, the more humanity will take over. Right. So people are starting to be more themselves as time goes on. Right. Even though Barbie stayed to have sexy times with Ava. I can't. I I, I don't want to rant and rave at, at how much I hate that relationship, but it oh, just feels very it. forced. It's hard. It's it's always hard to do if you have a show that's been going for a certain amount of time. The show's been going. This is the third year, and it's hard when you introduce new characters. You really, really have to make those characters feel like they fit into the story, and. Um, so far, Christine and Ava just don't feel like they fit in with those characters, and I don't know what it is. But Christine it is being, a, or I'm sorry, I should say her real name. Is it, wait, Marsha Gay Harden? No, it's no. Uh, Hergenberger sorry. or something. Mark Helgenberger. Her, yeah. I'm sorry, guys. Hello. I mean, my coffee. Um, okay, Mark Helgenberger does a really good job, though, of carrying across just that who is this woman and how... Right. How is she manipulating all these people, and what is she really up to? And she has a lot of layers as this character, and I like watching her, mm-hmm. e- even if it is creepy, like it's supposed to be. So she's doing a really good job, I think, and it was good casting on her end, because, yeah, she's keeping us guessing. Um, I do think, I mean, it, it is unfair in the sense that the Ava character is kind of like, we stick her in this plot line between um, the two most shipped characters on the show, which are Julia and Barbie, she's in a weird Shift. position. Yeah, because they stick her in between our, like... Love story. Our love story. Yeah. And then they don't really give her, like, uh, Christine's character has more intrigue, where we don't really understand, not, no questions, nothing really has been, go, like, delved into, like, what's going on with Ava, besides the um, pregnancy plot line, which is fascinating, oh, because man. I read... I read Tim Surrett's blog on the show, which is hilarious. You should go read it. But um, he points out that it's like they haven't had sex in the real world until this episode. They hadn't had any sort of, like, relations to for her to actually be like, pregnant. She's like, oh, I feel pregnant. Right. I can't shake this feeling. So she goes to take a pregnancy test. Like, girl, you just wasted $10. I know, right? I don't know how much it is, but, you know, she wasted $10 or $20, whatever it is. Um, but he, like, goes to check it, and I thought, oh, now it's getting interesting. I thought before he went to check it, because Julia is, like, you know, still in, you know, very much in love with his former self, and she wants that man to come back and be himself again. But then he goes 
to Ava, and it's like, oh, is this real? Is this gonna? I was like ready for a big, exciting reveal. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted her to be pregnant because then I was like, this is getting good. It's 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 complicated, and it would be bad news for Julia if she was. Though I would admit, then we it would add to the intrigue of that character because then and it would, would add be to like, the Matrix world and the alternate reality. Yes. Like, how real was it? Because then we would be like, uh, is this an alien baby? Is it Barbie's baby? Like, you you bring that level of like sci-fi intrigue into the situation. I do I do think that would be and if Ava's an alien, movie. how does that test even work? Boom, boom. Because maybe it's a false negative. That is true. Maybe she is carrying an alien baby. <laughs> an alien dome baby that's going to free them all. Um, so, Sam. We have oh, Sam. Oh, Sam and Abby. I love the Samio or can, can, Sam's cameo when... Samio? Uh, Samio. When Christine's in the office and Sam just walks by and is like, hey, what's up? And I was like, did... Was he just on set that day? And they, it, like, did he need to be paid for those two lines? What was happening? When, when was that? That She was in the office, and he walks by. And he, oh, he's like, oh, hi, am I interrupting something? Yeah, and then she's like, no, you can go now. Like, Sam was literally just used for the try to... To end their scene. Yeah, to try to end their scene. I'm like, oh, oh, your little Sam. That was convenient, but, but yeah. Okay, so Christine tried to get Sam and... Uh, Joe to meet back up and discuss what happened right. in, the, in the alternate world and like try to get Joe to like accept Sam's apology mm-hmm. or to forgive him. It's like, whoa, Sam killed your sister two weeks ago, man. Like, yeah, you don't have to forgive anyone. You need a lot more time than that. Like, you, I mean, maybe eventually, like in 10 years, you could be like, okay. But that, I mean, but I. No, not in 10 years. <laughs> I'm sorry, no. I don't feel like you could ever forgive him. I mean, you don't want to hold a resentment your entire life. But at the same time, it's like, that just happened. Right. And he, like, forgot it so quick. And Christine was trying to trick him and, like, oh, well, you just need to get over this in your life and you'll feel so much better. It's like, get over it. No. Um, So she tries to orchestrate this meeting to happen. And then Sam stands Joe up. Mm-hmm. Because, because oh, he goes, he goes to save, back to drinking. He, yeah, he goes to save Abby, who tries to kill herself, and we find out. But Abby, however, it, I thought that was interesting because he, they were all, everyone's like, oh, he killed, he killed his, his you know, Joe's sister, and then he mm-hmm. goes and saves someone's life. Yeah, but then he goes back to destroying his own life. Right, because we have this whole plot line where Abby is an addict, and that's actually how she lost her daughter. And, and it's not just because of the dome, it's because social services took her child away. Right. And that's how Sam and Abby relate to each other. And then we have another awkward encounter where instead of being um, strong, Sam just decides to start drinking because Abby enticed him to. I'm like, really? Is Sam that weak? Well, I think he's becoming his old self. Although, uh, he's, he's only been sober in real time for, like... A day or a two. A day or two. Because in, in alternate reality time, he's been sober for, like, a year. But in real so he time, thinks, he thinks he he's had plenty of time to, like, really rid himself of those things. Of those personal demons. Well, he hasn't. He and hasn't, that's the yeah. truth. The truth is, no, this was all in your mind. You were in the cocoon for a day, and it felt like a year. Right. And it's interesting because Joe... 
feel like it seems that most of the other characters have really felt that year whereas nori points out to joe that or to hunter about joe that um joe seems to be immune to that joe's one of our characters who um, even though he was in the chrysalis he seems to not be as influenced by that and i'm wondering okay now now i can go there with the with these characters i want to know like why Mm -hmm. but that is to be revealed um but I, I think I think it's interesting that Abby what Abby says. I mean, first of all, great job picking this actress. I really like her. She's very real and interesting, and I like what she has to say about her life. And she's like, "Who are you trying to save, me or you? Because mm-hmm. I'm already far gone." She says, "You know, we're beyond salvation," and I like that writing because it, there again is that religious thing and the science thing and just we can't be saved and Sam's like no the dome really is going to come down one day and we'll be free and he doesn't really know that yeah it's they're both dealing with this but he has this faith that, in something yeah it's they're both dealing with this um this two sides of the same concept which is like is the dome apocalyptic is it something that is going to be the end of us all or is it something that is starting maybe a new world? Is it something that is going to come down and we have hope? You know, and so Abby has this viewpoint that there is no hope. Like, uh, I'm hopeless. Being under the dome is hopeless. Let's just drink. And Sam had hope for, like, a bright flicker of a candle and then was done, I guess. He well, succumbed to sexy times, too. <laughs> well, um, but, yeah, I don't, I, I'm interested to see where this goes because... I want to know, like, yes, okay, they shouldn't have gone back to drinking, but maybe being together they can, like, save each other. Now, I don't think that that is necessarily a recipe for success in the real world, but maybe on a TV show, you know, that could work. Um, I don't. I just don't know. Um, I, I don't know what Sam represents, but I, I feel like, may, oh, this is the idea I wanted to say. Maybe the dome is preparing all of these people in this little town to be like leaders of the entire world somehow, like in important positions in society and government and all that kind of stuff. And so maybe the reason why it feels like a social experiment and that they all have to get together and work together and, you know, alleviate these personal demons is so they can be like prepared for something. I feel mm-hmm. like they're, they're all preparing. Whether they want to or not, mm-hmm. for some, some uh, position to save the world or to save each other or themselves, it's just interesting to see. Like, okay, we think Christine is like evil and wrong, but what if she's not? What if she's not? Yeah. What it, or what if she's? Um, what if she had created a social experiment to protect people from some sort of outside harm that we don't know about? So, um, the last thing I want to talk about, though, um, before we delve into predictions, is Junior and Christine, that last scene where she smears his mouth with chrysalis goo and yeah. then seduces him and, and then kisses him. him right after she puts it on his mouth. I've seen a lot of gross things on television. That was way up there. I, I was just kind of sitting at the TV going, 
Like, just, just, I mean, just making weird, grossed-out faces. It was just one of those situations where I was like, I, I, this can only end badly, and this whole, like, we had been insinuating that she was, like, kind of a seductress, but now that she's doing it, and she's only doing it with, like, the town teenagers, it just grosses me out. I'm like, I don't understand why this is on network television. What's happening? And, and who's to say how old Christine actually is? That's true. She she's comes. hundred. She comes out as this, like, hmm, vaguely in her 50s woman. Right. But it's it's one of those things that could be, like, just a, a disguise. It's like she's wearing a mask. Like, right. that's not really even what she looks like at all. That's true. So she's so, just trying to look like a safe motherly figure, but she could probably have appeared as anything. That's true. So, predictions. What are your predictions? My under the dome now, predictions. You're after Buzz TV predictions. I think well, first of all, I just have to say how exciting that Big Jim and Julia are working together. Yes. That she listened to him and shot think, the guy that was chasing him down. I think they're gonna end up being our like power sleuths. They're gonna be our power mystery solvers. Which yes. I like. I like. Yes, it's like Inspector Gadget and Penny. But <sighs> on Bird Island. <laughs> Adventures on Bird Island. If they go back to the cabin, my my week will be made. <laughs> no, but we can find it at the cabin. Exactly. Wait, let's get the dog. He'll come with exactly. us. Exactly, they have a dog it's a crime, too. It's crime fighting team. It's um, no, but on a serious note, I think that they are the people that we want to root for, and we have a feeling that we know that they're right. Mm-hmm. But then there's this mystery of like, could they not be right? Right. I think that the thing that they're saving things. It's like. But what are you saving and what world should you be, you know, preparing for and what needs to be held on to and what doesn't? Right. And I, I think also that in um, the longer they stay out of the cocoons, the more they will become more human. However, whenever Christine puts the goo on Junior, he's going to be way what she wants, like way not human at all. So Junior's going to have a big change next week. I think the goo and what was ever in the chrysalis is the same stuff that's in the egg that it influences people, and they're trying to figure out to what level people have been influenced, which we saw like a piece of that in. And if it's goo in an egg, let's get episode. real here, scientific. I mean, that's kind of like a what do you call it? Like a birth. Yeah, like a rebirth kind of thing. A birth goo. I mean, a placenta. Yeah, that's the word. Thank you. <laughs> it's like a placenta. I mean, if you're speaking scientifically about it, I mean, that's kind of what it, it r- makes you think of. It's true. So. Fun fun thoughts brought to you by Under the Dome. So, yeah, the, the Big Jim and Julia stubbornness is what's going to save them, we hope and think. Mm-hmm. Because we want everyone to feel more like themselves and come back to what we think is normal. Right. But, oh, my mind is a little bit blown because what is normal on this show anymore? It's true. It really is true. Any other thoughts? No, that's it. You can find me uh, on my website, 123jackieb.com. Where can the people find you, Amanda? At The Runway Queen on Twitter and Instagram. That's all we have for today. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week or later Thursday. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. 
to watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 